The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory, Glory to, to you, you, O Lord. Lord. It was evening on the day Jesus rose from the dead, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One of the fun activities that we do as part of marriage preparation for our engaged couples is the quiz from the Christian counselor, Dr. Gary Chapman, of the five love languages. You might have done it already yourself before or familiar with this, but it was a group of Christian counselors and psychologists who kind of looked and realized that there's five main ways that we as human beings either express or receive love. We have like a primary love language that we communicate and receive. And yet not all of us have that same primary love language. They kind of categorize them as five different ones. For some people, their primary mode of giving and or receiving love could be through words of affirmation. And so a compliment, a word of encouragement hits home right to the heart and can make all the difference for them to receive or to express love in that way. For others, it's through acts of service, those little acts of kindness, whether it be something as simple as preparing a meal or cleaning the house or some greater act of service rendered, that just speaks volumes to their heart through that gift of love. For other people, it's receiving gifts. Now, this doesn't have to be great expensive gifts. It could be little trinkets even, but it's their way that they show their love by offering little gifts each and every time they may see a loved one in their life. For other people, it's through quality time, spending that quality time with the phones shut off and TV off in the background and just maybe over a cup of coffee, having that great conversation and just being with the other in those moments of quality time. And then for some, it's through that physical touch, a hand on the shoulder, a hug, whatever that we miss, especially in these days of the quarantine and confinement, that maybe is a way for some people to express that healthy sense of love as well. When we recognize what our primary love language is, and then especially in married couples, when they recognize the primary love language of their spouse, it often can help them communicate much better. It often releases some tensions in recognizing that if one spouse's love language is through words of affirmation and the other spouse is doing all these acts of service, they may not be speaking the same love language and that can cause conflict and tension. But once they unlock that key and realizing how in different ways they express love, it can really strengthen one's relationship with others. It's all available online if you want to do this exercise at some time during the week as a married couple. And there's even some for parents and children, seeing what love language, a primary love language there is in one's child and that you have, and that helps relate to one another too. Sometimes we could have a secondary or third love language that's just as strong, but there's much truth in all of that. 
Today's Feast of Pentecost is God's victory of finding the proper love language to communicate his life to us through the gift of his Holy Spirit, the third person of the Blessed Trinity. It is his way of communicating his life and love to us that's not limited to one single country, to one single time period, to one single ethnicity, that it's available to all, that God's love is not relegated to the chosen people of Israel, it's not relegated to those living in Israel who experience the public ministry of Jesus. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit now is available to every human being, no matter where they are, who they are, what they have done, or where they are going. This free gift of God's outpouring of his love into people's hearts is available to all. It's available to all of us as we just simply have to turn to him and say, come Holy Spirit, to join in prayer like the apostles did on that first Pentecost and to welcome that gift of God's true communication, a successful communication. But to better understand this Feast of Pentecost, there's two Old Testament stories that are in the background of all of this that help us just appreciate and savor and understand even better the role of the Holy Spirit in our life. The first is the account of the Tower of Babel. This is found in the 11th chapter of the book of Genesis. If you recall, this is the story of a group of people who are building a tower for their own namesake, for their own reputation. We are told that they said this, come, let us build a city for ourselves and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. The problem here with the people is not that they're building a city or a tower. There's nothing wrong with that. Skyscrapers are perfectly part of God's plan if we wish. The problem here is that they're doing it without God involved. They're building their own city, their own society without the Lord. And as we hear in the Psalms, if we build a city on our own, in vain do its builders labor. That these people are building a society without God present to make a name for themselves filled with this pride and with this self-recognition, they desire to build a society without God involved. And what happens as a consequence is that even though at this time in God's creation, there was only one single language that everybody spoke and communicated and understood amongst themselves, as they're trying to build this earthly city without God, they start to misunderstand one another. They start to build against one another and this division begins to break up as the consequences is that many languages develop and the people, instead of being united in this city they're trying to build, are completely divided and no longer understand one another. There's a real perennial truth in this account of the Tower of Babel, which happened centuries ago, that is key for us today to receive and understand to celebrate Pentecost well. That in our own day and age, have we not fallen into that same temptation in the last several years of trying to build an earthly society without God present? And even though we have all of these means to communicate well with one another, we're using one of them right now with the gift of technology. We have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have Snapchat, the list goes on and on. There's new ones appearing every month almost. And yet, do we really understand ourselves better? Have we become better communicators? Have we learned this love language of God that he wants through the spirit to share with one another? I think that's something we need to reflect on in very seriousness this, this year in prayer. And the events 
of racism in the United States that we experienced this past week tragically once again with our neighbors, that we know that there are many divisions still in our human humanity, in our human life that needs healing, that needs a love language spoken of the Lord in the presence of God's Holy Spirit, that we cannot build a society without the Lord because we will be divided. Unity cannot be achieved through programming, through good human organizations, as well and needed those are. True unity can only be achieved by having God as our foundation, who forms us into one human family, and we recognize each other in God's spirit as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so even though we have all of this progress, all of this technology, let's take this time of confinement and of quarantine as we continue to journey in our homes together to take this time to relearn how to communicate well, how to communicate with love, instead of communicating with hatred or suspicion or with angry words or whatever it might be, to relearn how to communicate with God's love language, the language of the Holy Spirit. And this doesn't mean that we have to agree with everybody's viewpoints on things. It even means we can disagree, but we can disagree healthily. When we disagree with somebody's point of view or opinion, that does not mean we unleash gossip or hatred or violent words towards them. It means that we are able to love them. We are able to love them even though we may disagree because we are united through God's spirit. And this is something that I think God's grace can help us learn and relearn over and over again. The second Bible's passage that's behind this Feast of Pentecost, when the apostles and the Blessed Mother Mary are gathered in that upper room praying and staying united to receive the gift of the Spirit is when Moses was up on Mount Sinai in the book of Exodus to receive the Ten Commandments. When Moses climbed Mount Sinai, there was a, a violent rush of wind, the same violent rush of wind that happened at Pentecost and overcame the mountaintop where Moses was conversing in prayer with God. That's when he received the Ten Commandments, these laws and scribes on the tablets of stone that were to help the people live and keep united. It's pretty clear, right? When we keep the Ten Commandments, it just doesn't help us. It helps us live in society better. Better When we don't take other lives, when we don't steal, when we don't covet other people's goods, it brings about great harmony and unity. And yet, the tablets on stone were not enough, and people's hearts were still hardened. And so now on Pentecost, there's this new rush of wind that comes to the apostles in the upper room and their hearts are transformed because God's Spirit gives them a new law that's not written on stones and tablets external to people. This new law of God's love language and his unity and peace that he desires for us is going to be written in our hearts. And that happens through the gift of baptism that God's Spirit sent for us in this new wind and outpouring of the Holy Spirit is meant to implant what the Ten Commandments were all about but to write them internally in our hearts and to help us live them out to bring about unity in our own personal lives, but in the society that we live in as well. Pope Benedict XVI on Pentecost 2009, which was the last time Pentecost fell on the same day on May 31st, the Feast of the Visitation, when Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth, reminded us that the Holy Spirit in our spiritual life is like air in our biological life. He meditates on this fact of the wind of Pentecost. What air is for biological life, the Holy Spirit is for spiritual life. 
And just as an atmospheric pollution exists that poisons the environment around us, thus a pollution of heart and spirit exists in that mortifies and poisons the spiritual life. So what he's saying here is just as it's so important for us to breathe in fresh air, and we know what harm air pollution does to our capacity to breathe well and for the environment around us, there's the same danger that can happen in our lives of faith. Our lives of faith, the spiritual life around us can be polluted with the gossip, with the harshness, with the lack of charity that we can find so easily creep up in our lives and hearts. And so what he says and reminds us is that in Pentecost, we want that wind of the Holy Spirit to be like an air filter and to purify our air. Just as we work at cleaning the air in the environment so we can breathe better with our lungs physically, that the Holy Spirit can purify and cleanse our life of faith and the spiritual air we breathe around us so that we may become more united and filled with God's love and life once again. This Pentecost, we pray for that grace to be great communicators of God's love language. When Mary visited her cousin Elizabeth, she rendered an act of service after she herself conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we act and we ask our Blessed Mother to help us act in the same way through those love languages that God gives to us through the grace of the Holy Spirit. And in a special way, Pentecost 2020, we're inviting everybody to become online missionaries. That as the Holy Spirit helped the apostles overcome their fears and proclaim the good news to others, we're inviting each and every one of you, our viewers, parishioners, sharing with us in our online ministry to share this ministry with others. Sharing faith has never been easier. It's with the click of a button right now through our social media and technology.